Come on, why don't we love them in this place this morning as we begin to stand all across this house today. Amen. How many thankful for the blood? Amen. If it had not been for the cross, if it had not been for that crimson blood that came streaming down Calvary's hill, amen, where would we be today? I'm so thankful for his blood, for it reaches, amen, to the highest mountains and the lowest valleys. Amen. So thankful for his blood today. Amen. Truly, it's a blessing and an honor once again, amen, to have Brother Hancock here in service with us tonight. Amen. To this morning. Trying all morning to not say night since I'm always up here at night, and there we go. So, amen, amen. So good to have them here this morning, amen. Ready to preach the word of the Lord as we've been having great moves of the Holy Ghost, amen. Every time that He stepped behind this sacred desk, amen. And I believe that God's God, that's no respect of persons, that God, amen, whatever He's done in the past, that He's able to do it again, plus more. Amen. I believe that God has a word in store for us in this place this morning. If we begin to open up our minds, open up our hearts, amen, remove all the distractions, all the chaos that we're swirling around our minds today, amen, and just begin to focus for next the next few moments, amen, as the word of the Lord is being delivered. There's no telling what God is able to do in this service, even on a Sunday morning. Amen. This, this service does not have to be just a normal Sunday morning for you. Amen. But God can do the impossible in your life today. Amen. As he begin to come, why don't we lift up our hands and begin to lift up our voice and begin to ask God to touch us today, to anoint our minds, to anoint our hearts, to receive his word today. God, we need you right now. Come on, why don't we pray right now, saints? Why don't we begin to talk to the Lord? God, we need you in this sanctuary today. God, we're asking that you would help us this morning. Come on, let's love him. Come on, let's cry out to him a little bit today. We need you, Jesus. Come on, let's talk to him. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, God. Come on, let's love him. Let's talk to him for a minute right now. Oh, I magnify your name, Jesus. I magnify your name. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your voices. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost this morning? Aren't you thankful for truth? Give him a good hand clap of praise. We love you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. It is, it is again our honor to be here today. Uh, we are, we are uh, very much uh, in prayer for Sister Cox. And um, most of you know I've been in revival in, in Springdale and uh, asked the church last night to pray for her and the family. And I said this, I said, if it's God's will to heal him, he can do it. Or heal her, he can do it. He's able. I said, he's able. There is, there is no point in life that God's not able to do it. Or in death. Amen. And so, so he's able. But I said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So, God, if it's your will to heal her, then we're believing for a healing. But there's also a preciousness about somebody that's walked this, this path for a long time. And to be absent in body is to be present with the Lord. So, we pray for God's perfect will for that family and Sister Cox. Brother Cox, I asked Brother Dykes yesterday, I spoke to him yesterday, I said, how's, 
how's Brother Cox doing? And uh, he said, well, she, he can just cry at the drop of a hat, just uh, just tore up. But you can imagine, I, I don't know how many years they've been married, but 50 plus, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, but God knows how to comfort, amen. He's the God of all comfort, amen. So I'm thankful for that. So remember all of them, remember all of them. Amen, that God would surround them and, with care and love and his, and his great, great hand of compassion. Amen. But we're honored to be here today. I want to preach by the field, the letter of the Lord, and talk to you for a while. We may not, we may not be sh uh, hanging from the lights, but we're going to talk to you for a little bit. What the Lord laid on my heart. I mean, if you have your Bibles, good to see my mom and dad with us today. Amen. Always. Always an honor to be in service with them. Amen. My wife and my family, I can't say enough how much I appreciate and love my family. Amen. God has been better to me than I deserve, and I'm thankful for his goodness. Genesis chapter 19. We're going to read one verse. Keep praying for the revival in Springdale. Family came in last night in the middle of song service. God just took over, and she was filled with the Holy Ghost in the, in the, in the, in the, in the worship service. One of the young, one, one of the, one of the, yeah, one of the saints there. When she, when she just fell out, the Holy Ghost hit her. Uh, she was praying with her, and she just kind of collapsed on her. And she looked at me. I was on the platform. She goes. And so I went running down there and I prayed for her. On the way home, I thought she might need my help to get her off of her, but I just went and prayed for her. I, I left her in that condition. I thought I felt bad on the way home last night. That she might have been asking for help. <laughs> Amen. But uh, so I'll apologize to her today and say, I'm sorry I, I left you. Uh, but God's doing a great work, and we're excited about what God's doing there and here. Man, God is doing great things here. I'm excited to see. I got. Got to look in on one of the live services last week, and and I started just seeing different ones in the crowd and new faces. Amen. God's doing a great work, and we're excited about what God's doing here all over the world. God's coming back soon. Amen. Amen. Just in case you, you're not familiar with Scripture, the Bible says there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Going to be all kinds of things on the earth. And Jesus said, if we can look at the sky and determine what kind of season it's going to be, we ought to be able to look into the world and realize, hey, he's coming back soon. I want to be ready. Amen. I want to be ready. Amen. Amen. Good to see each and every one of you here. Genesis chapter one, or 19, verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Everybody say, Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. I want to preach by the help of the Lord today. Trapped at the gate. Trapped at the gate. Amen. Help me pray right now. God, we thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your spirit that's here today. God, I'm asking for you to help me, Jesus. Come on, let's pray right now. This is the most important part of this service at this point. God, we need you to move. We need you to talk. We need you to reach down.
touch hearts, touch minds. God, use me for your glory, God. I need you. I'm completely dependent upon you, God. I can't do anything without you, Jesus. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. God, I need your help. I need your help, Jesus. You know I'll give you the glory, God. You know I'll give you the honor. Help, help us today. Speak to this people, God, right now. Speak to this. Come on, if you want God to speak to you, if you want God to help you today, if you came for a word today, if you came for some strength today, lift your voice right now. God, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. One more good, good hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. Amen. You can be seated today. Trapped, trapped at the gate. Amen. I, uh, if you if you allow me to, I'll I'll take a little bit of time. But God, God wants to. Uh, Help somebody today. I believe that. The story of Lot is one where it, it, it seemed favor was all on him. He was Abraham's nephew and saw something in Abraham that made him leave and go with him. And the Bible says that God blessed him. Amen. I, I want to be a part of people that God's blessing. Amen. I said, I want to, the old song says, I want to be under the spout where the glory comes out. Amen. Where, where, where somebody's getting blessed, I want to be next to them. Amen. And so it was natural that Lot wanted to be a part of that blessing, but he saw something in Abraham and God began to bless him blessing him and, and prospering him and to the point that any time they came up to a watering hole, there was, there was some tension between Lot's, Lot's herds and Abraham's herds because they were, they were, they were just enormous. And, and so there came a day that the servants of both kind of got into a scuffle and the decision was made that uh, we need to separate. Amen. We need to go our separate ways because if we continue, it's not gonna it's not gonna end well. Amen. So there's times in our life where separation is necessary. I said there's times in our life where separation is necessary, and so so Lot Abraham, being the gentleman he was, said, "Lot, I'll I'll give you first pick." Where do you want to go? And the Bible says he looked unto the well-watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah and said, I want to go there. I want to go where the water's at. And so he decides to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. Everybody say this with me. Decisions alter destinies. And so that's what happened this day. Lot decided he didn't use much spiritual discernment. He just saw, the Bible says, the well-watered plains. Amen. Let me help somebody right now. Not everything that looks good is good. Amen. Amen. I said not everything that looks good is good. And 
that's when we need spiritual discernment to say, God, where do you want me to go? Because he's able to make streams in the desert if he has to. Amen. I want his favor and will on my life. I don't want to just go where it looks good. I want to go where his favor's at. I want to go where his blessing's at. I want to go where his hand is at. And so Lot made the choice, I'm going to go there because it looks good. Amen. Yeah, everything that glitters isn't gold. And so he, he decides that's the best place to go. The Bible tells us that there are multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Decisions matter. Consequences are occurred because of the decisions and choices we make. And so you know uh, the reputation of Sodom and Gomorrah didn't just happen when Lot got there. This was an evil city or cities. This was an evil place. And so God finally had enough, as he does. He, he, he allows people to go for a while, and then he, then he starts dealing with them. And, and I don't know the visitation that God put upon Sodom and Gomorrah, but there came a point where God said, I've got to go investigate what's going on. And God pays Abraham a visit. I'm not going to try to, but I got to, I know you know the story, but I just got to lay it down for a little bit. God pays Abraham a visit and he talks to Abraham. He, he promises uh, Abraham that if he can find just 10 righteous, I don't know the population of Sodom and Gomorrah, but that seemed, uh, that seemed to be possible, especially when Abraham's got kinfolk there. And so God, amen, he is full of mercy. How many is thankful today for mercy? I said, Sodom and Gomorrah didn't deserve 10, but God said, for 10, I'll save the city. I'll spare the city. I'm so thankful that God looked down at me and looked down at our lives and said, you know what? They don't deserve it, but I'm going to give them mercy anyway. How many is thankful this morning for the grace and mercy of God? I'm thankful. If it had not been for the Lord, if it had not been for God reaching down, and I didn't deserve mercy, but he showed mercy. And so for 10, I'll save the city, Abraham. And so they make their way there. They're walking to Sodom. And the Bible says that I read to you that the angels were coming at the evening and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. A few weeks ago, I came across this scripture and I, I, I just was impressed so much on that phrase, Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. I couldn't help but think that Lot felt trapped. Growing up, you've all heard it as well, the saying, you've made your bed, now lie in it. Anybody ever said that to somebody or had it said to you? That was your choice. You made your bed, now lie in it. On the way to church this morning, that phrase came to my mind, and Brother Williams, I, I just... I just began to get a hatred for that saying. Because I feel so many people have that ringing in their mind this morning, even in this house. I made my bed, now I got to lie in it. It doesn't offer much mercy and grace and restoration, does it? That's not indicative of the God that I serve. God doesn't want us to sin that grace abound. God forbid, Paul said, but... 
we do have an advocate with the Father. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. You may feel trapped in your gate. And the devil may tell you that you've made your bed and lie in it. But I'm here to tell you there's deliverance today in Jesus' name. You don't have to go lie in the bed that you made and accept the consequences for your decisions. Amen. God can restore you. God can help you. God can change your life today. There's hope in this house. Don't let the enemy convince you that you're trapped on the gate and all you can do is look at what life could have been. No, I've got a promise for somebody today that God wants to restore you. God wants to heal you. God wants to deliver you. God wants to make every wrong right in your life. If you'll let him in, if you'll let him come in, he can fix your mess. Amen. It's your bed and lie in it. No. Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. I said, the world says you made your bed and lie in it. Jesus said, no, take up your bed and walk. Amen, somebody. I like what Jesus has to say about my condition. How about you? I said, I like how Jesus views my decision or my, my condition. How about you? It's your bed, but hey, you get up and walk. It's your bed. It's your choices. You made it, but I've got life for you today. I've got a future for you today. I've got hope for you today. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You feel trapped at your gate, and God sent me to tell you, take up your bed and walk. This decision is not final. This decision is not fatal. God's got a promise for you today. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit at the gate. I, th I thought, Sister Brooke, what, what are things that trap us? What are things that trap us? I already talked about decisions. Decisions trap us. I said decisions trap us. I shared something last night, but I thought of it. I was driving home from Springdale last night, and I started thinking about Adam and Eve. I started thinking about their decision to eat of the fruit. And, 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 and brother, brother Nate, God, God began to talk to me about that verse. It's actually before I came home. It was before service started last night. I was, I was praying, and, and, and I just, something, something moved in my spirit. But the Bible says, the Bible says that they had just made the biggest mistake of their life. They decided to eat of the fruit. They messed up. Everybody say they messed up. Amen. You and I are the results of their mistake. Can you imagine making a mistake that affects the entire human race? And you think your mistake is bad. I said, you think your mistake is bad. But they made a mistake that affected everybody here. Amen. But after they made the mistake, the Bible says that the Lord was walking in the cool of the day or the evening, amen, and he was looking for them. And man, God spoke to my heart so clear yesterday evening, amen, even after the biggest mistake of their life, God said, I'm looking for them. Come on, somebody. I said, even when they made a mistake that altered the human race, God said, I'm looking for you. Where are you at, Adam? What's going on in your life, Adam? What's wrong, Adam? Tell me you didn't eat of the fruit. Yeah, I did. Oh, no. Don't tell me that. But I'm going to make a way and even in your mistake. You're going to have to face some things, Adam. But I'm going to help you through it all. 
I'm so thankful that when I messed up, when I dropped the ball, that God didn't drop me off. But he came looking for me and said, how can I help them? How can I help them? How can I restore them? How can I show them my love? How can I let them know I haven't forgotten about them? He came looking for them. said, I got something for you. I know you messed up. I know you messed up. I know you messed up. But, but where are you at, Adam? Oh, I'm so thankful. He, he's that kind of God that doesn't let us lie in the bed that we made. Others' decisions trap us. I've told you before about Mephibosheth, but he's five years old in the palace, Jonathan's son, and the, Israel's under siege, and the nurse takes him up and takes off running, and she trips and falls, and when she falls, she, she, she makes Mephibosheth lame. She injures him so bad that he's lame. And I don't know how long, but the Bible says he lived in a place called Lodabar. It was years had passed. Years had passed. He's living in a place called Lodabar. Lodabar means no communication. Amen. Sometimes people mis people's mistakes put you in a place of no communication because you think that 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 because of your uh, your situation it wasn't even your fault. But now you have cut off everything, cut off any any source of help. And the Bible says one day David was sitting there in the palace and he remembered what he promised Jonathan. He promised Jonathan, "I'll I'll be kind to you. I'll help you." And he's sitting there years after Jonathan's dead. Didn't even know who Mephibosheth was. I mean, Jonathan and David were so close. They were, the Bible says their souls were like knit together. They were, they were the best of friends, but David didn't know Jonathan had a son. And he's sitting there looking about uh, his palace and thinking about his promise that he made Jonathan. And he said, is there anybody of the house of Saul that I can show kindness to? And that servant said, there is a boy. There is one boy. His name is Mephibosheth, but he's living in Lodabar. And David said, go to him so I can show him kindness. And the Bible says that the servants went and got Mephibosheth. And when they brought him before the king, Mephibosheth fell down and said, God, thus, king, I'm, I'm just a dead dog. Why you want to be kind to me? And maybe he thought he was going to kill him in, 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 in the line of Saul. Maybe he thought his days were over. The king had finally caught up to him. The decisions of everybody else's uh, choices had finally caught up to him. And, and now he's going to die. But David said, oh, no, boy, I, I just want you to know something. From now on, you're going to sit at the king's table and you're going to eat of my food for the rest of your life. I want you to know something Mephibosheth. You thought the mistakes you thought the choices of somebody else isolated you forever but there's a king that's looking for you this morning there's a king that's letting you know you're not trapped anymore in Lodovar you're not trapped without any communication you're not trapped beyond the kindness of the king. No, the king's looking for you Mephibosheth to let you know even though somebody chose this for you I've got the final say and I can fix your life you don't have to feel trapped anymore trapped by devices I said we're trapped by devices social media can trap you I saw something the other day and I'm not going to go into details but it involved one of my one of my siblings and 
I saw it and it messed my mind. It messed with my mind. And I thought, God, what's going on? And God said, turn it off. Don't look at it. Don't read it. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Our devices can trap us. You saw the meme where it shows the front side of an apple and it looks all good, but the back side is rotten, made out of. That's what social media is. You can look at things and think it's good and think it's great. But on the other side, there's all kinds of darkness and sick twisted things. I'm here to tell somebody don't allow the devices that you place in your life uh, to trap you, make you feel like I'll never have a good life because look at what they have. Uh, amen. I'm telling you, things aren't as though they appear. Uh, amen. I need to tell somebody today don't allow the enemy to use something and say, well, they're getting blessed. Why ain't I getting blessed? Uh, they're prospering. Why? They, don't, they, they don't even fear God uh, and they're going, they're doing fine uh, and here I am, I'm preaching, I'm crying, I'm doing my best uh, and everything I do is uh, it seems like I'm up against something. Uh, I'm always fighting something and, and I'm telling somebody don't let the devices uh, that you place in your life trap you and make you feel like God is somehow distant from you or, or not interested in you no 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 God wants to set people free today if you got to shut it off shut it off if you got to close the account close the account if you got to break it in pieces break it in pieces uh, whatever you got to do to get loose and free today get free in Jesus name it's not designed to keep you trapped we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. So let's let all that go. Our past can keep you trapped. You know, I talk all the time. I preached this guy to death, the man at the pool, for 38 years. But it wasn't until recently that, I, that something just popped out of me. It wasn't the miracle. It wasn't God healing him that, that made, made me think, What? But the Bible says after Jesus healed him, take up your bed and walk, he leaves. Jesus finds him. I said, Jesus finds him, Brother Thomas. And he says these words to him. You better, I'll put it in my, 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 my terminology, you better live right. God's touched you, you better live right. Lest a worse thing come upon you this man sat for 38 years without his miracle sister Brooke and I couldn't help but think it was cause of a past mistake because Jesus said you better not go back to that because something worse is coming I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Don't let your past trap you into thinking that you can't have freedom. Jesus can give you freedom, but you got to let go of the past. You got to get let go of the things that you're. You don't pick up the cigarette. You don't pick up the drink. You don't go to the. What are you doing? I'm letting it go. Let the worst thing come upon me. I want freedom this morning. I want deliverance this morning. And it requires me of letting things go and saying, oh, no, devil, I'm not shacking up with that anymore. I'm not going that direction anymore. I'm not going back to that anymore. No, I'm letting it go this morning. I'm not going back to my past. I'm not going back to the 38 years of misery. Today's the day that God delivered me. But he expects me to turn. And never go back. Never go back. I believe today is the day where somebody gets so touched and so moved and so filled with God's spirit that you never return. 
God doesn't need 12 steps. Oh, I'm thankful for all the programs out there, but God doesn't need 12 steps. He doesn't need six months. He doesn't need six years. He doesn't need... You don't have to have a litany of books to read and go through. You don't have to have an accountability of partner. No, God can fix you right now. He can heal you right now. He can deliver you right now where you never thirst again. You never want it again. You never desire it again. You don't have to feel trapped at the gate of your life. You can get deliverance right now. You can get deliverance right now and never return to that place again. Somebody shouting to him right now. Somebody thank him right now. There's hope this morning. I don't have to feel trapped anymore. Our present keeps us trapped. I said our present keeps us trapped. Rich young ruler comes running up to Jesus and says, hey, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, obey. You know, you know the scriptures, obey them. And the rich young ruler says, I have since I was a youth. And Jesus said, okay, there's only one thing you lack. Sell all you have. Take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible says that he walked away Sorrowfully. I said our present situations can keep us trapped. He lacked one thing. Anybody else in here lack one thing? I can't lift up my hand and say I only lack one thing. Jesus said you only got one problem, buddy. You only got one issue in your life. I got more than one issue. I said, I got more than one issue. I'm not afraid to admit it. I got more than one issue. But this man was so close to perfection that God said, you only got one problem. It's just your money. It's just your status in society that's keeping you from following me. It's your present reputation that's keeping you from selling it all and following after me. I love it how Jesus reached out to Peter and James and John, those fishermen. He said, come and follow me. And the Bible says straightway they left their net. That's what you do when God calls for you this morning. You leave your, your present and go. You leave your present situation and go. I've been a fisherman all my life, Peter says. John, John and James said, I've done this all my life. But he said, follow me, and I'm going to straightway right now, no questioning, no going back. I'm leaving my nets, and I'm following after Jesus. Somebody ought to get that kind of determination right now and say, God, I'm leaving my present situation behind. I don't want to say that I lack one thing, and that was it. No, I'm leaving it all. God, I'm following after you. I'm not going to let my, pre my present status keep me from doing what you want me to do, God. I, I don't want anything about this world to keep me attached, to keep me connected, that I can't be used of you, God. Whatever I had to let go of, I'm willing to let go of. Why? Because I want to follow you. Don't allow, don't allow your excuses. Say, well, I would do this, but I got to go home and do this, take care of this tonight. 
or I'll be back tonight and do this. No. Leave it all right now today. And say, I'm going after you right now, Jesus. I'm following you right now, Jesus. I'm not going back. I'm tired of the life I've had. I'm tired of the failures. I'm tired of the hurt. I'm tired of the pain. Listen, I'm not trying to give you some fairy tale story. You're still going to have problems serving for God, serving God. You're still going to have issues. The bills are still going to be due. You're still going to have to work. You're still going to have to provide. You're still going to have to fast. You're still going to have to pray. But I'm telling you, the benefits when there's peace that passes is all understanding when there's joy unspeakable and full of glory when there's hope when there's come on somebody I would much rather trade all that for one moment with Jesus and he will satisfy my soul he will change my he'll change me he'll change my direction forever don't allow the present situation to keep you trapped don't allow your friends to keep you trapped don't allow the things that you're currently involved in to keep you trapped. We're dealing with a guy, and I don't think, uh, there's no way he'd watch this, but in, in Springdale, he's been wanting to come, wanting to come, but he's so connected to his job. It's not, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but he's a cook at, or he's a, wait, he's a waiter at Village Inn, so maybe they pay a lot, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. And we've been talking to him. And he showed up last Sunday, halfway through service. And he showed up last night. And the Holy Ghost started touching him. And Chris started just crying. Amen. I'm telling you, there's nothing that I have right now that's worth keeping me from the presence of God. Amen. Uh, it, it don't matter what kind of money it is. It don't matter what kind of fame it is. It don't matter what kind of position it is. It doesn't matter what it is. I want to make sure I get to Jesus. I want to make sure I let everything go right now. My present situation doesn't matter when I know that he's the one that's going to take care of me and set my path to heaven. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. I'm straightway leaving my nets today. Our future keeps us trapped. Our future keeps us bound. There's a reason why Jesus said, take no thought for your morrow. And don't, don't misinterpret Jesus. He doesn't. He wants you to live like he's coming today, but plan ahead like he's never going to come. So he, we're not supposed to sit, go to the mountain somewhere and all by ourselves and pray until Jesus comes. No, we're not supposed to do that. So he understands you got to live, you got to provide, you have a life. You gotta, he understands that. But what he was saying was, don't get so focused on when this day is going to come. We, we can be so heavenly minded, the Bible says, that we're of no earthly good. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Because I know who holds tomorrow. 
and I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about what I'm facing tomorrow. I don't have to worry what I'm gonna what I'm gonna come up against tomorrow. Don't take any thought. James and John's mother came up to him and said, Lord, can you make sure my boys sit beside you on the other side? Can you make sure of that? He said, Woman, that's that's foolish. You don't need anything to worry about what, what's gonna happen on the other side. What you need to worry about right now is am I gonna make it? Am I doing the will of my father? Am I helping somebody? Come on, somebody. Amen. We we we're we're we're, we're, we're designed, we're developed to look ahead and plan everything out. But God looks at our plans and laughs because he knows only tomorrow. He doesn't, we don't know what we're going to face. We don't know what we're up against, but he does. And what he wants us to do is just walk day by day, trusting mile by mile, step by step. I don't know what's going to, what tomorrow's going to bring, but that's okay. I'm not going to let it trap me into worrying about what's going to happen. I'm not going to let it fear bombard my mind at night and I can't sleep because I'm worried about heaven. No, I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to get right right now, and I'm going to make sure that I'm not trapped by my future. I'm not going to let the events coming. I'm not going to let the things that are on the road distract me. You know, the National Highway Safety Board says most, the majority, almost of all accidents happen within five miles of your home. You get comfortable when you're traveling and you mentally put it on cruise control. We can see the signs and know that God's coming back, but that don't mean we put it on cruise. That don't mean we sit back and just think, well, it's going to take care of itself. I'm going to be all right. No, we got to work while it is day. Because the night's coming when no man can work. I don't want to be, I don't want to be bound and trapped by the future. I want to be, I want to be free to worship and praise God and do the will of my father right now. Don't don't allow. Young people don't allow the fear of the future to keep you trapped. Don't allow the fear of the future to keep you trapped. Keep you bound where you're no good right now. Until I get this figured out or when I get this done. When I accomplish this, then I can do that. Amen. Most of those people that say that never do that. They just keep pushing the pushing the goalpost back a little farther. They they keep they keep going a little. Well, I, I haven't attained it yet. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm going to get it all together one day. No, today is the day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time. I don't have tonight. I don't have tomorrow. I don't have next week. I don't have next year. I may not have my next breath, but this one thing I do know, right now I have the accepted time of the Lord. Right now I'm in his presence. And what am I going to do? I'm not going to be bound by this futuristic idea that, well, one of these days it's going to work out and one of these days I'm going to get all my ducks in a row. No, right now is the time you bring all your ducks and they're not in a row and say, here it is Jesus, help me right now. Fix me right now. Cleanse me right now. Make everything good right now. I don't have time to wait tomorrow God. I need it right now. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Don't allow the future or the fear of it keep you trapped. One of these days I'm going to get it right. No, get it right now. Get it fixed now. Bible says that Lot sat at the gate. 
I can imagine that was his daily position. It wasn't, he didn't just accidentally walk up there. Because the Bible says Abraham could see. They could see. The angels looked upon Sodom and Gomorrah. So Abraham was in distance of Lot. And I believe, I believe that was his position for a long time. And he would walk up to that gate and sit. And brother, how he felt trapped. He sees the promise, but he's trapped at the gate. He sees what life could have been, but he's trapped at the gate. The enemy would love to make you so convinced that you'll never have the promise, that you live your life trapped only looking at it. And Lot sat at the gate. And he saw them. He was looking for something. He was looking toward Abraham. He was looking toward the promise. He was looking for something that he knew was a mistake. I messed up that day. The devil likes to, to let me just talk to somebody right now. The devil likes to put your mistakes on display. He likes to put it right on display for you to look at it. So you have regret, remorse. You have shame and guilt. And you feel like you'll never be anything, never do anything. I can't help but think Lot's sitting there and he knows his sons-in-laws are all messed up because the Bible says when he came later on to try to convince them to leave Sodom, they, they looked at him and mocked at him, mocked him, said, you're crazy, man. You brought us here. You brought your daughters here. I mean, it was a mess. It was a mess. And I, I can't help but think that every day Lot sit there and just saw and that that's what the devil does. He puts out this, uh, this idea that you'll never be whole. You'll never be free. You're, you're bound. You'll, you'll never have the promise. But I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I, hey. He has anointed me to preach the gospel, amen, to give you glad tidings, amen, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the captive. He's anointed me this morning to let you know you don't have to be trapped at the gate lot. There's a promise out there. There's angels coming. There's help on the way. You've been praying and thinking you'll never get out of there. I'm praying, I'm praying to somebody right now. Your help is on the way. God is fixing to show up. God is fixing to deliver you. If you'll just simply keep on looking and say, I don't know when he's going to do it, but I'm believing he's going to do it. I wish somebody's faith would rise up right now and declare it's my day it's my time I'm getting out of this gate I'm getting beyond this trap this is not my life this is not how I'm going to live this is not who I'm going to be defined as I'm getting out I'm getting out of the gate I'm going beyond the gate I want you to stand with me this is what the enemy does on your mistakes some of you, your mistakes have been out there where the whole world could see. And you don't know how in the world, you don't know how in the world you're going to ever be able to live, outlive that mistake. But I'm here to tell you today that you can. I'm here to tell you today, there's a key that can unlock that gate. 
The Bible says that Peter was in prison. Acts chapter 12, verse 5, Peter was kept in prison. But Sister Arlene, prayer was made without ceasing. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church for him. I want every church member to lift up your hands right now. And I want you to pray right now, God, set them free. This is a praying church. This is a Holy Ghost welcoming, worshiping, filled church. And right now, I want you to lift up your voice, that mighty voice of prayer. You've already seen how it can heal somebody that has less than 1% chance. You already saw that. But today, that prayer that you've been praying, God wants to elevate it to set some people free right now in the Holy Ghost. And here's the great thing, church. They prayed and they couldn't touch him. God's going to touch and heal and feel somebody today with the Holy Ghost. God's going to deliver somebody today in this service of the Holy Ghost. But your prayers are going beyond this, this building. I said prayers were made continually for the church, for Peter. And Herod was about to bring him up, the Bible says. I'm going to bring him forth. But the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. I want you to pray, but I want you to listen to this. There's people right now that are so bound. Peter's in the inner prison. He's sleeping between two soldiers. Somebody say, that's bound. He's strapped down with two sets of chains. And on the outside, there's men keeping the door. The door's locked. They're standing guard. Herod said, don't, don't let him out of your sight. I'm praying right now in the Holy Ghost that you'll get a hold of somebody, a backslider right now, a church member right now, a family member right now that you feel they're so bound. I'm telling you, there's nobody so bound that prayer can't set them free. I said there's nobody so bound that prayer can't set them free. I want you to lift up your hands right now. We're going to pray a prayer of deliverance right now in Jesus' name from this moment on. Hey, if you're in this building right now and God spoke to your heart, I want you to come to this front right now. I want you to lift up your hands and say, God, here I am. I surrender. I give everything to you right now. I'm tired of feeling trapped. You don't have to leave this place feeling trapped. You don't have to leave this place feeling like there's no hope. You don't have to leave this place feeling like you're a mistake. No, you are chosen by God to be here in this place. God called you today. God woke you up to bring you here. So I want you to come right now. But I want this church to understand there's people on the outside of this building. There's people in homes today that are bound. There's people in situations right now that are bound. And they don't see how they're getting out of it. But prayer was made. 
I said the prayer was made. This is what I want you to do if you're up front. I want you to lift up your hands as high as you can get them. Why do I do that, preacher? Because you're letting God know I give up everything. You let God know I give up everything right now, Jesus. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of the emptiness. I'm tired of the hurt. I'm tired of the pain. I'm tired of not having any peace. I'm tired of not having any joy. Come on, somebody. Cry out to him. Cry out to him. Come on, church. Cry out to him. In the name of Jesus, as you lift up your hands, I feel right now the Holy Ghost. Chains are going to fall. Chains are falling. Rejoice right now. Praise him right now. Every bit of chain is going to come off of you. I believe you are. Come on, they prayed without ceasing. And the Bible says, behold, the angel of the Lord came. Come on, somebody. He's coming. I said he's coming. He's coming. The angel of the Lord showed up to Peter and woke him up and said, hey, buddy, we're getting out of this place. Get your shoes on. Get ready. We're leaving this place. Get your garment on you. Follow me. We're getting out of here. You're no longer trapped behind the gate. I 